This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Homesdale Radio. Homesdale Radio. Brilliant strike, short scandal, puts Crystal Palace in front from absolutely nothing. Driven in, and a wonderful strike by Dean Moxie. Dean Moxie does well to put it back into the danger area. This is Jermaine Easter, and that's a wonderful finish. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. You may have caught us in mid-argument there, which was interesting. Don't you just love songs that suddenly stop? <clears throat> anyway, uh, yes, welcome. I am I am Chris Hamblin, or Hambo, as I'm also known. And with me today, I have John Burgess and Mark Ross, who we'll talk to in a little bit and see how they're getting on. Uh, but loads of stuff to talk to you about before all that business. Um, if you want to talk to us today, uh, you can do it on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio and include at whole radio with your message uh if you want to be like jerry who's already got in touch it's facebook.com forward slash whole radio you can give us a call uh, preferably during our, our match discussions on 0208 123 uh calls are charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle if you give us a ring on your mobile uh radio at homesdale.net is the email address should you want to get in touch on that um okay fantastic i think the sound we're sounding good excellent don't distract me chaps i need to focus um okay first first sort of port of call really is um if you head down to the uh the white horse uh before the blackpool game you will be able to find uh cpfc d boys his name or dave in a huge drunken mess uh, but you'll also be able to find uh, be able to sponsor him for the for the uh charity event uh, at the White Horse on the Sunday, which we talked about last week. If you want to revisit that, just download our podcast. But basically, there's uh, the Crystal Girls are there. There'll be Palace players and staff and all sorts of stuff going on, uh, all in the name of charity. I think it's Help for Heroes and the Marie Curie if I, uh, cancer fund thing. If I remember my facts correctly, um, I think we're also going to talk about fantasy football. Uh, now, Mark, I want to talk to you about fantasy football first. Uh, the obviously the for people who don't know, there's a whole radio league where uh, some listeners put in a put in five pound each, and uh, winner takes all. And uh, yeah, I mean it started badly for myself. But Mark, you probably got some gloating to do this week. Never gloat, mate. 
I don't gloat. <laughs> who's been uh, who's been getting all you, you all those points? Um, uh, it's spread don't. evenly among the team. Oh, I, think, uh, I think Ricky Lambert's been getting a few points and a few clean sheets oh, by the yeah. old Saint- Saints. Um, so I'm just I'm not, I'm not going to dwell too long on this, but just right. you know, we've we've got a new leader, uh, Duncan Webber. I'm not even sure I remember him being on there. He might be someone who's joined. No, I looked. I looked up. up he this got week. Yeah, signed he got, up this week, and he's he just stickened into the he, lead. You got um, Ricky Lambert as his skipper and got double points. Yeah. And ended no, up it's, a about good, it's a good move, but he's, it's fair, but points he's, in one week. He's taken over. Uh, uh, Tony, who's been leading the way, has has dropped down to third behind you, Mark. And just a few selected highlights. Uh, Vanessa likes to talk about fantasy football a lot, but she's now down in fifteenth, equal on points with me. Yeah, how do you feel about that now, Vanessa? Uh, Ryan Innes is. I was going to say, well, how does you feel gone. about being? Hey, I just think I'm heading in the right direction. I've got a big green arrow by my name, and she's got a horrible, evil, red or pink arrow. My eyes don't work. Uh, anyway, Mikey's sitting up there in, in ninth place. Uh, is he the highest other than yourself? I think he is, Mark, yeah. Uh, but anyway, and uh, Mikey's mum is still propping up the table on nine points. But um, That's Mike's you know, safety outlet, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Um, of the presenters, um, I suppose he is still t- he is technically a presenter, although he's listening at home today. That is Nick Gussett, down there in 25th, propping up the presenter table. But anyway, sir, it's, it's shaping up nicely, and uh, you know we'll keep you guys informed of how you're all getting on. Uh, and it's a big prize. It's what was 135, 140 quid, something like that. 40 now, it must be. Yeah, with loads of money. I could do with that. So under your pillow, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, next, next, next point. Um, right, okay, and the um, yeah, we've got a new look radio page. If you go to www.wholeradio.net, hopefully that's where you are now listening to us. But um, you'll notice that there's a bit more information on there written by yours truly. Because um, before I think we had what you know some comments that Mikey had written, and he's he's just not that bright, unfortunately. So it looks good now. Um, and obviously, if you do get any problems with this sound or anything like that, it's, uh, it does uh, make a mention. It'd be great if you could email us and let us know so we can get it fixed. Um, I would also like to say, if you are listening to this on the podcast right now, do do give us a go live. I know it's uh, convenient to listen to us when you like, but uh, there's various little things that we'll be doing throughout the season that really give you the full experience when you listen to us live. So it'd be great if you could join in that. Um, we are going to talk in a little while about how you can win uh, a pair of tickets to a Category B game of your choice. Um, the, the basic details of that so far are that if you can come and find us in the White Horse, uh, before the game, or you see us roaming around at the at the game or after, uh, you, you can spot me quite easily. I've always got Hambo on the back of my shirt. If you come and get a um, whole radio business card off of us, it'll have a number on the back. And at some point in the very near future, we'll be doing a uh, a draw to see who gets those that pair of tickets. So do come That's and find us. Not the telephone number. No, yeah, don't ring. <laughs> <That's> my, my, <laughs> um, I want to make a quick mention of uh, something a couple of lads I know, Aston and Stuart, are, are doing at Block W of the Arthur Weight. Um, it's not part of the Arthur Weight Massive or anything like that, but they're, they're basically got a few group of guys who, who like to sing all game and all that sort of stuff. And I can say I went to um, Hull with Aston at the weekend, and that man does love to sing. Uh, he really does. Um, and they're basically looking to, to grow that group. So if you're a, if you're a casual fan who goes to the occasional games, Get a ticket up in Block W and go and join those guys at the back. They're very welcoming. Aston's a little bit too welcoming, welcoming in some ways. He'll probably touch you, but um, but you'll enjoy it. And uh, yeah, say if you want to go and sing and you, you're a bit, you know, maybe you're annoyed where you are or anything like that, do head up to Block W for those guys. If you if you're not, you know, if you're not happy where you are, just a little suggestion for you. 
Um, there is a Homesdale Radio desktop background and uh, a new squad phone desktop background available on Homesdale. If you go to um, homesdale.net and it's under more down <laughs> papers. What, what are you laughing a at? squad phone. You just it's that straight. It doesn't even make sense, Chris. It's, it's a squad photo. phone. It's meant to say photo. Why did you write phone? You? Why did you say phone? It doesn't make any sense, Chris. Unlike, unlike Anchorman, I'll read whatever. Very professional the... argument on show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the kind of producer you have to deal with. Anyway, let's just have a quick chat and find out what we're being up to. John, we haven't spoken to you in a while. How have you been doing? Oh, I was fine until I was disappointed by you, absolute amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it the stylish way we introduced the show? Is that what's got to you? Yeah, it was um, different. Actually, no, it wasn't different. It's the same as it is every blooming week. Exactly, it's exactly the same as it is. Um, yeah. So, have you have you enjoyed our start to the season? No, I've hated it. No, I mean you're not being very cooperative, John. I no, mean, I'm not, I'm not, no, in fairness, we, we've done, we've yeah. done well. It's, it's been good fun. Has, has it surprised you though? You know, did you see it coming? Your uh, your picture on Skype for those who don't know is uh, all aboard the fail boat, um, and we're certainly not aboard that. So, so you know, is it as they? Yeah, we we are. Yeah, so I was gonna. Yeah, I mean, have, have the team surprised you so far? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I've been impressed, to be honest, with the the, the four loanees who've come in, apart from Andrew Davies, who's constantly injured. Um, but apart from that, the other ones that have come in have done done pretty well, to be honest. Right, I mate. mean, you could tell by the uh, the quality of their their previous games that you know for other clubs that they were going to add to the team, but you didn't think mm. they were going to settle in that quickly. Yeah, there's a definitely there's a huge mark, there's a marked difference which we'll go into in a bit of detail uh, later on between what started at Peterborough and what we've got now. All right, well it's great to have you along again, John. Uh, despite your uh, your constant digging at our wonderful professionalism, I will get my revenge. Uh, Mark, hello. Evening, Christopher. How and are evening, we? listeners, you like to say that, don't you? Yeah, evening, all those tuned in. Yeah, you say evening, Christopher, evening listeners, every week. Anyway, I'm look, um, this week. I, I don't want to lay into you this week like I normally do. I want to make mention of something oh. that happened to me at the uh, at the cherry trees. Well, you regular... knew that if you laid into me, I would have just brought it up. Regular listeners will know I had a little bit of a tumble up at Peterborough uh, in the terracing, <laughs> celebrating the goal, uh, which hurt quite a lot. I had slightly more of a tumble trying to exit the cherry trees on the Tuesday night after that wonderful, wonderful Coventry game, which we'll talk about momentarily. But, I mean, you saw it from a distance, Mark. Do you think it looked painful at all? i give it 5.8. It was, it was, <laughs> right, it was right up there. It was, was on the Richter scale. Yeah, I think... I think I think well, no, yeah, the ground yeah opened up as a result of the fall. It looked quite painful, but yeah. you got up as if uh, like most well pissed people do. Yeah, it I was to me and uh, probably felt rather sore in the morning. But, was indeed uh, my response to the bar staff. They asked if I was okay, and I asked why they were asking me that because nothing happened. I said if I had fallen over, it would have really, really hurt, but I didn't. Anyway, that's good stuff. Let's move on quickly. We've got the Coventry game to talk about. Don't move uh, on too quickly, Chris. You might fall over. That is very true. Oh, God, I'm going to get myself a reputation. Um, well, we, first thing we're going to we're going to play you really. It's a change. <laughs> we've um, we've abandoned the uh, the sort of uh, the match diary entirely at the moment. Um, but what we have got is a, a post match discussion. It's only about five minutes or so, and it's it's between myself, uh, Mark, uh, Jamie, who is Eagleman thirteen on the Homesdale, and Paul, our referee. Is, 
two. He is the referee assessor we get on occasionally. And Paul, who's uh, a quick game two on the Homesdale, who's on holiday at the moment. Basically, it was the four of us well and truly shell-shocked uh, talking at the cherry trees just before I fell over, in fact. Uh, so have a listen to that and then we'll get talking about the game. We basically we witnessed a game where we dominated 45 minutes, got no re- reward. Uh, we had a second half where we've, we've really got no idea how they scored. And then it just looked like one of those games where it wouldn't happen for us. But Sean Scandal scored in the, the, the 90th minute and, um, and pretty much with the last kick of the game, um, Jermaine Easter has, has managed to put the ball in the net from a, after a great work by Zaha. And, and here we are, we, we've just won two games in a row and we're all feeling fantastic. Mark, what's your uh, thoughts on the game? Well, to be honest, I was with, when the ball went up, I thought, that's it, it's end of three points out of nine against three relatively average sides in the uh, league. And uh, I was, I was uh, expecting to come to an empty pub. But we come to a very busy pub and a very, very happy pub as a result of uh, two late goals. Mm, that's it. And uh, Jamie, um, you, you would have enjoyed today. Uh, any sort of key moments you want to talk about? Well, apart from the two goals, yeah. and I personally dispute the uh, Easter goal because I still believe it was an own goal. But okay. end of the day, who cares? It's yeah. three points snatched from one. And I am extremely happy, and also to be around some really, really great mates. Yeah. And we've met some fantastic people tonight. Unfortunately, most of them sensibly have gone home. I've no idea why I'm still here. I've got to be up in a few hours for work, and I've got to drive. Will I be sober? Who knows? Um, Paul, who impressed you today? Uh, I'd say that young kid that came on, the young one. Who's the young fit? The one young one that came on, Johnny Williams. Yeah, I thought he was magic. I oh, think he, he turned. I think he, t- he, he turned it. He turned yeah. the game. And, Z- and Zaha, when he came, and he, I tell you, that I think we have a major problem. He said Zaha, he put his feet across his second half into the centre of the box. There's no one there on the end of it. I mean, maybe when Murray comes back, uh, that he might do the trick. Yeah, I was, I was saying earlier. I mean, I, I was actually bemoaning Easter, although he's potentially scored the winner, although it's well, disputed. I don't, I don't think he did personally. I mean, he might. He was close to it, but I, I, I was sitting right, right above it. And uh, it looked like it was an own goal. He came off of one of their players. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that we won. That we won. I couldn't see it coming. Uh, we, 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 <laughs> let's all be happy that we won. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, the first half, uh, yeah, we played lovely football. Unfortunately, we passed the ball around. We looked great. Looked almost like Brazil. Only trouble was though, up to the third half. Up to the thir- third half. The, th- the third. The third. <laughs> part of the pitch hey, yes it's, quarter. it's, it's the third. new team <laughs> it's, it's just a, lads it's just a third yeah yeah. up to, up to the last third and then we fell, <laughs> then we fell apart we didn't, we didn't get anywhere I mean we got up to the third we moved the ball around it was look, we, looked, we looked great we looked lovely mm. it was no final product there yeah yeah uh, and Coventry got a lucky goal in the, first, in, the, in the second half and I thought we, we, I think we were lucky I think we were lucky to, to lucky to get a draw mm. and I think we were very very lucky to get a win I'm delighted we did but I really I think we play in the centre of the pitch we moved the ball about passed around looked great looked lovely but no end result yeah I think that's fair I mean I was I was suggesting that if, if Murray had been playing in place of Easter I thought that uh, I thought Murray would have been in the box for those certainly Zaha put two fantastic balls in the, in the box and, uh, and yeah I mean yeah go on, sorry Mark no, I was going to say that Paul said that we were lucky I don't, I don't think we were lucky I think we really worked hard for those those goals and I think you know the hard work 
and I think Doogie's tactics were spot on today and I think that we got the goals uh, I don't think we were lucky I just think that we worked hard and we played until yeah. the final whistle I and by, by playing until the final whistle I think that uh, you know we got the rewards and it's nice to see because I can't remember the last time I watched Palace score two goals in basically injury time yeah. or in the last five minutes of the this, game this was us last season this was us last season where we were losing games uh, like that where we'd be up there and then the, 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 the opposition they'd nick a couple of goals Peter Powell lost a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah. they got two goals <laughs> I mean, we can take this form and this belief to hold on Saturday it's another three points isn't it if we, if we can do that I reckon I'm hoping it is well I'm listening really to all Palace players because I'm going to be lying on the beach I was going to say they've given you a good send off today haven't they yeah. is this your last last live game for some time really uh, well I'll be back for about at least a minimum at least I'm a month, month, month six weeks Bloody hell, you'll have to put my holidays that sounds good um what, what, what I wanted to sort of end on is I would say that um, I, I was talking to Mark earlier and I said, and I'll be completely honest, I'd given up. I'm, I'm sitting in the sitting in the stands, I'm standing to be Me fair, too, yeah. and, I, and I'm talking to, to talking to a couple of lads and saying, you know, I can't believe we've lost this game, but I'd given up and the team didn't, and I think that that speaks volumes for the spirit under Dougie. Right. Okay, well, I hope that was of, uh, was of interest to you. I think, um, yeah, I mean, you can tell from my voice I just screamed my head off in the Homesdale, and, and, and that's one of the areas we'll talk about uh, in a short while. I mean, the, the, the place to start, I mean, obviously all three of us were at that game and, uh, and, and got to experience what was one of those moments that probably will, will you know, will certainly live long in the memory. Uh, you know, you don't get that too often with Palace, really, is, is you know, the late goals. We usually concede in them to lose a game. Um I want to talk about the, the, the team selection. I want to start with the defence, really. Um, it, it, we sort of mentioned it uh, in, in the... Uh, well, John mentioned it in the intro, actually, about the, the way that the Alonis have played and how they they were basically the, um, the, uh, the, the sort of the problem at Peterborough, if you like. They weren't... They just weren't up to the standard. Um, weren't, weren't, you know, working well with, 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 with Paddy. But, I mean, you look at, uh, at the performance... Uh, against Coventry and, and it's just it was like a different team so I mean if I can start with you John really um, of the three of, of Ramage of Tunchev and McGiven who's who's impressed you the most? Um, all in different ways I think I think to be honest if I had to choose one I'd say Tunchev I think mm. he's absolutely class to be honest and the, that's the exact reviews we got from him when we got him on loan from the Leicester fans, and he, he hasn't disappointed, to be honest. That's right. But they, they, they've they've been they've been brilliant in their own ways. I mean, Ramage has been solid, if not spectacular. And McGiven, like, well, we saw for the goal that he uh, set Par up. Um, I think yeah. in our first home game, I think it was it Burnley. Burnley, yeah, yeah. And um, the, he's brilliant down the left wing. And my only gripe with the whole performance was that so many times we played the ball right and he was in an absolute acre of space screaming at Owen Garvin, mm. who just plain old ignored him on the left-hand side. And we've seen that, you know, he's got a fantastic end product when he, when he does get forward. And I, I, I'll say that's my only gripe. I think we, we've underutilised him so far. Yeah. Um, OK, I mean, we'll talk about the fact that he actually uh, he came off in, the, in that game at... Um for for Johnny Williams and we'll talk about that in a bit and I've, and I've got some stuff to say about McGiven at the whole game as well so we'll, we'll come back to him um, Mark I mean 
Well, I mean, it's been said about sort of Tunchev, and uh, and potentially I've always thought that the the, the weak weak league weak link in the back four at the moment is Ramage, and that's probably because of, of how good Klein is. But if I can talk to you about uh, David Wright's job in the midfield, a uh, much maligned player at times, but he's he's winning a few people over. How did you see it? Yeah, indeed, uh, he's um he's almost like he's got a new lease of life. I'm I'm not sure if he's just more comfortable. Uh, playing in the same position every week rather than being moved mm. around from fullback to uh, defensive midfielder to centre half or or whether he's just happy with the players around him or whether he's just got a lot more confidence but mm. um, I think uh, I read an article I think it was Paddy was either today or yesterday was actually praising Wright um, when he's talking about uh, the game and saying uh, that uh, you know how uh, how underrated he was and and yeah. he was very good um sort of in the dressing room and he was quite he was a bit of a leader which uh might sound uh surprising to to a lot of people yes. but he was actually yeah he was actually pointed out along with um sort of uh he said even like um Sproni was mentioned as being a leader but sort of in yeah. a quiet quiet way and i think Tunchev as well and uh but uh, it's it's great to see you know such an improvement in the player, and mm. I'm 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 really pleased with him. I mean, I I wasn't yeah. his number one fan, and I know we have better players at the club than Wright, but he's doing a job, and you you can't argue. Three wins out of three, he's been a part of that team. So you know, it's going to be hard for uh, Doogie when when players are back for bands and uh, well, that's it. Uh, you know, from it free from injury. What he's going to do? I mean, that, that yeah. was something I was going to talk to you about later on in in the show, actually, because mm. uh, obviously we've got an opportunity. For the latest news for our rounds. Um, Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> we've had a premature jingle. Um, yeah. No, anyway, Mike, Mikey's, just... o- Mikey's only young. Um, sometimes it happens when you're young. Get a premature jingulation. Uh, I can only apologise to any sensitive listeners uh, or, or those who don't understand what happens, uh, you know, there. But um, there's, anyway, there's only um, one solution for premature well, look, let's, ejaculation, yeah, sorry. and that's stop playing with your knobs. <laughs> fair fair dues. <laughs> okay, you knobs alone. Now, okay, well, that's probably a nice little cue to move us on from the point we were talking about. I think I think we're going we're to go into a bit more detail. I mean, I brought up Ramage and Wright in, the, in sort of the same sentence because I was thinking that potentially, if we get the players back for the midfield, that Wright might find himself back in his his favourite position of right back until Klein returns. But we'll we'll talk about that probably under the whole yeah. game uh, in a bit more detail. Um, very very quickly, uh, John on, on on Owen Garvin really. Uh, he he took a took a knock in that game. Um, which kept him out uh, of the game at Hull. But as a, as a performance, how do you think he went? I, I think he's I think he's improved significantly this season. To be honest, he's um, you know he's finally managing to get get his foot on the ball and pick out some passes. I think that's what we expected of him when he came, and he didn't really deliver that last season. Mm. Um, he's making a bit more of an effort. I mean, he's not the strongest, he's not the quickest, but he, all you can ask for is effort from your players, and yeah. he's doing that. He's picking out some decent passes. I wouldn't say all of them have been brilliant, but I'd <laughs> say that what what he has done has, uh, has been a lot better than what we've seen from him previously. Mm. Yeah, okay, thanks, mate. Um... I've just noticed Nick Gussett's email. We'll read it out a bit later on, but he mentions my Phil Mitchell voice against Coventry, and that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Uh, it did go a bit gruff there. Um, okay, look, um, 
I've got a few points I wanted to make, really, but uh, I'll try and rush through them a bit. I thought Easter was generally... Uh, I think he was frustrating a lot of people at the Coventry game, but he did what goal scorers do, and he, and he got his foot on something, you know, with the last kick of the game. So credit to him there, and and we'll talk about his performance at Hull a bit later on. But suffice to say, it was it was a good performance. Scannell, a shaded man of the match for me. I just thought he, he adds so much to that team and it was just one of those goals that it nearly got ignored by most of the football world for some reason but the pace he came in at to, to do what was effectively everyone was calling like a karate kid kind of thing and because it's you know the death as well it's, it's it is like the end of the first karate kid film it's unbelievable i think the more you see it the more you appreciate it don't you i don't yeah. think anyone initially thought oh, no. you know just thought it was a, a strike from you know, 12 yards or whatever, and that was it. And it was actually uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely oh. not. Um, yeah, and the last thing I wanted to make mention on that, and, we'll, and it, there's probably some relevance with Hull again, uh, and that was Zahar came on after KG was injured um, and had an absolute stormer. And my question really, uh, I'll ask you, John, since uh, Mark's just spoken, do you, do you agree? I actually think this is the, the case. I'll say yes on this one. Is Zahar better as an impact sub? I, th- I think it's hard to tell. I mean, he's so, he's so young at the moment, and he wants to show what he's got. But mm. I think as an impact sub, undoubtedly, he's going to be more effective because his, his sheer pace against tired defensive legs is is just going to destroy people. I mean, c- could you imagine anything worse than someone like Wilfred Zaha coming on? You just played seventy minutes. You've had someone like Jonathan Parr or someone running at you on the wings, and then you get this absolute. Greased lightning coming at you down the wings with every trick in the world. I mean, he, I think he is better. I don't think he shouldn't start necessarily, and uh, if we haven't got another another option. But I yeah. think as, as an impact sub, he is better. I mean, the, I think the difference with Zahar at the moment is his end product is is finally happening. He's using using his tricks and his little skills yeah. to buy himself a yard of pace to get a decent ball in. And as and as was spoken about earlier, three balls put straight in the box, which disappointingly no one was on the end of. But they yeah. were absolutely top class balls into the box. They were. You, you got to think someone like Murray is going to be there and put those away. I, I, that was a good sign for me. I thought. Well, I think that's what disappointed me about Easter most. Those were the balls were they were meant <laughs> for him, and he he wasn't lively enough to get on the end mm. of those. And I think whilst yes he's scored the winning goal I think we wouldn't have needed to leave it quite so late had Easter been a little bit more lively I think he was just in the first game against Burnley he looked fantastic he was making a lot more effort than I've seen him make since he's been at the club and I I felt that wasn't quite the case with Coventry do you think uh, John do you think um, Easter I think he works really hard but he just doesn't seem to read the game well enough you know I just uh, he as you said he he wasn't there to make any of those crosses he wasn't even close to getting on the end of any of those crosses and as you said they were all good balls in but I don't know, I don't know. what it I is think, I think a player of his of his quality I mean he's a decent player and I think he does read the game right I, personally I just think it is down to down to effort he just doesn't mm. put 100% in which is really highlighted when you put him up against someone like Scannell who literally mm. will run his socks off for 90, 96 minutes or whatever it was. Mm. And, um, you know, and Scannell got his goal and Easter got a goal, but if you had to pick one to be in your team, it'd be Sean Scannell every day of the week, wouldn't it, really? 
It would indeed. Yep. Okay. Look, we're gonna have to, we we don't want to overrun too much this week, so we're gonna have to uh, skip through a bit of this. I just uh, just to give you a quick uh, sort of rundown of, of the game and sort of key points from the game. Uh, the first half um, was just sheer domination, but we wouldn't say we created too much. Uh, there was a couple of scannel shots. Um, the significant moment was really that uh, we had a disallowed goal for a foul on the keeper which uh, sort of uh, points to what happened in the second half, which I'll talk about in a minute. Obviously, KG went off injured, another injury in the midfield. Uh, it was looking grim for Hull when later on Garvin went off. Uh, you know, we, we were struggling in the midfield there. Uh, but we did play some good football in that first half, and we were very solid at the back. Uh, the second half, we, we came out and attacked straight away, but we conceded on the first break. Uh, you, you, watch that, you can watch that goal over and over again on, on the BBC highlights or on Palace Player. And you can't really see if it crosses the line, and you, and it certainly looks like a foul on Speroni, which is very disappointing for that to be given, uh, not to be given, especially when you consider the exact same thing happened in the first half for us, and it, you know, but there we are, uh, near total dominance, and it and it looked like one of those games. Jedinak came on, showed a bit of bit of ability, uh, and obviously John Williams impressed a lot of people with his um, with his ability, and he had a key uh, key role in that first goal. Um, but really, yeah, we got what we deserved, but it just did not look like it was going to happen. And, and I'm going to ask Mark to talk very, very briefly. And I'm, I know you don't really do brief, but about 20 seconds on the, w- what was the significance of making such a late comeback? Well, obviously, it's um, the dressing room afterwards, isn't it? You can imagine the, the situation, mm. the dressing room, uh, Andy Thornton's players and Doogie's players. And I think... Uh, you know the confidence will be have been boosted from the Burnley game, and then uh, from the Burnley game, and then obviously that they brought that to Coventry and they took that to Hull, and I think uh, that's that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff, mate. Um, I don't want to completely end it there. I just want to. There's loads of stuff I wanted to talk about that I don't think we can get to, but I just want to mention the celebrations at the end and and the significance that that comes onto with with the whole game. Obviously, the the Holmesdale in particular. I mean, the whole stadium was going mad. But but as the players walked off, it was very obvious that especially the lone players were were pretty much transfixed by the but transfixed by the scenes in in the Holmesdale. Um, you know, some look of sort of shock on their faces, really, of just what was going on. Because in you know, in in essence, it's a, ga- a league game against Coventry on a Tuesday night. You know, and ju- yeah, we won it late, but. You wouldn't really see most fans going quite that mad, and it was it was just an impressive sight, something impressive to be part of. But they it also seemed to to really sort of uh, to sort of affect the players if you just looked at their faces as they walked off the pitch. But, just wanted to they looked very point. united, didn't they? Together, they looked yeah. very much a team. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, d- they I could. Think, yeah, go on, John. I, d- I just think that the the key point you were making there was how much that meant to the team. I mean, I attended the press conference mm. after that game. And interestingly, no Palace players were made available to talk to the press after that. Mm. And, um, you know, which is which is very unusual. Usually you get somebody, uh, one of the players will come in, but I think they really wanted to solidify and build on that that result and take in what had happened just then to push on for the, you know, the, the yeah. forthcoming games. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're they're a bright management team, and they know that that they can use that momentum, and and that's certainly what happened. And we're, we're going to obviously talk about Hull now, and uh, go, we'll go straight into it. And I mean, that's that's what we took to Hull. We took some confidence. We took some momentum. Um, I'm going to start by reading um, a, a note we got on Facebook from Jerry. 
uh, who's a regular contributor to the program. Uh, he just says, just hi, so he's looking forward to tonight's program, and he's got his Brighton ticket this morning, which is fantastic. He was at the whole game, like myself, and uh, he said, he said we, we did well. Started Hull started with more enterprise in the second half, which they very much did. Uh, he said, we tempted fate a little bit. Very true, agree with that. Um, we didn't buckle too much, and we deserved our victory. I'll agree with that as well, mate. And uh, he says, we, you know, in the Crawley game, we've got to beef up the midfield, uh, make sure, because their midfield is very competitive, got to compete physically otherwise we could be in for a shock and he'd like to see john williams figure so um thanks for that jerry uh, i totally agree with your assessment on the whole game and we'll go into some detail on that now um guys obviously you didn't you didn't make it to the game uh but I, if i start talking really about the the, the, the sort of the team as a whole uh, i'm going to start really with julian speroni because it was a significant game for julian and um he uh well he <sighs> He didn't have a great deal to do first half, if you know what I mean. He he had, he had one of those games where you didn't you didn't really notice him first half uh, until Fryat sort of burst through on the on the right hand side of the box and he came out and sort of smothered it and made quite a good save. Sort of his, the only thing he really had to do and um, sort of second half he just made a, certainly one save that was just absolutely stunning. I mean we're right behind the goal. Uh, it's late on. We're really digging in deep. Um, and the ball breaks to a, to a whole player who just strikes a lovely low shot. And you can watch it. It's one of those where you're just watching it come towards you. And it's in the whole way. And you see Jules go down to sort of get a hand to it. And you think he's not going to reach it. And these fingertips reach out and he just tips it beautifully around the post. And, and you know, that's as good as a goal when when, when Julian does that. Uh, you know, he is... In terms of shot stopping, I don't see anyone better than him in the, in the division. I have to say, it's a great uh, uh, save he made, wasn't it? Again, against Burnley at his at his post, he pushed around a, a header from almost point blank range. Yeah, that's right, from Burnley. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah, and that was fantastic save. I, th- I think it is a valid point, though. We we do sometimes forget how many points that that man saves us in a season. He is such a key part to this team. You know, to give the defence some confidence, which is the biggest, the biggest thing, but also in just the sheer quality of the saves he makes. Yeah, I mean, he, he does. He makes save, in my opinion, anyway. He makes saves that no other keeper makes. He really, really does. Uh, you know, a lot of no people do have some issues with him. We did, we did get an email um, earlier on, which we'll we'll come to a little bit later on. Uh, in fact, probably after we finish the whole thing, I'll ask uh, Mark to read that out. That's about Julian and about you know certain concerns over his game. But I mean, I'll sort of tell you there's two other two other things really that I wanted to mention about uh, Spironi from that game. Uh, the first was uh, when Aaron McLean came on for Hull. Uh, he he was a real pain. You know, he, he put put challenges in everywhere. You know, really hurting people. You know, when I say he was a pain, I don't don't mean it. And he was he was threatening from a, an ability point of view. He was just a nasty piece of work. And one of the things he did steaming through on goal was he, he, he you know he pretty much kicked Julian Speroni full in the face. And and you know Julian doesn't make a meal of anything injury wise, but you know you could see him put his hand up to his face and he took his glove away, and his glove was no longer the same colour. So it looked like he took a real blow to the head. Uh, and that's why we had so much injury time. But he, you know, he, it's just, you know, Speroni's an understated man, and he just got up and he got on with it after a bit of treatment. And his celebration at the end of the game, I mean, we'd all we'd all run down well, well in anticipation of uh, of celebrating a bit with the players. But but I mean, I've seen him, you know, I've seen him punch the air and all that sort of stuff. But he was really, really celebrating that. You could see how much it meant to the players. Um, so guys, I mean, I'm going to hand it over to you really to to, to to sort of ask a few questions if you like. Well, Chris, uh, 
talking about the celebration there, do you think that the players realise that they're or think that they're on the crest of something quite major this season? It in, mm. in in comparison to what we've experienced over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good point to make. I think um, I think that is. I mean, Dougie's uh, comments really um, sort of tell tell a bit of a story on that, where he he refers to the um, to, to you know he's spoken in the past about us. Uh, having all this pressure usually of fighting for survival and you know if we can get the points on the board there'll there'll be a different team and i think we're starting to see that i think you string a couple of results together and you see yourselves at the top of the table okay no one really looks at the table at the moment but i think i think we're starting to turn a corner i think that the players are starting to think well hold on a second you know we've we've got a bit of momentum going here you know, we've got. Pl- they know. You know, they know as much as any of us that that there's players out injured and that there's competition for places. Um, you know, they all want to be in that first team, and you can see it. And then you talk again, talking about the celebrations at the end of that game. You got Tunchev was. You know, he was. He was. He's only here for 28 days in theory, but he's running up to the crowd and punching the air and all sorts. You know, there's a there's a spirit there, John, and I and I think that's a, a significant thing. Well, Chris, it's, it's, yeah. So I was just saying, it is interesting, just um, as a point, as a side to that, is that, I, d- I don't know about you, but I seem to think that the, the players we get in on loan, there seems to be something about our club and mm. our support which really endears players to us, and they really yeah. fight for the cause. I, th- I can only name a few players who we've had on loan who really haven't delivered, or at least mm. tried their hearts out. I mean, look at players like James Vaughan and... Yeah. Like you're saying, people like Tunchev and McGiven and Ramage, who've come in and you know they've really they've really given everything for the team, and you can mm. see how much it means to them. Whereas, as you say, in all honesty, they could be gone in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Look, I mean, every fan thinks that their club is special, you know, but but when you you know when you start visiting other clubs and you see what we're like at home, I don't I don't see many clubs like we are, you know. I don't those scenes at the end of the Coventry game. Yeah, I've not seen those, I and mean, I've seen a lot of defeats, <laughs> you know. And I don't, I've not seen those sort of scenes anywhere feel. else. Yeah, but I, I just think that's it's. A, I think we're starting to get a point where the the crowd and the players are, are feeding off of each other, and we're no longer in that position where the crowd needed to be lifted by the by the players before they get involved. Now it doesn't really matter what's what's going on on the pitch more to, to most people. There will still be positive support in the ground, and I think that's a, that's probably the best thing I can say about it. Really, I think that's pretty pretty unique. So, uh, Mark, sorry mate, you had a question. No, I was just going on the um, on the fact that we didn't concede again. In fact, we've only conceded uh, what one in three games now. Um, there's a lot of calls anyway on the message boards to try and keep Tunchev. I know he signed yep. a one-year extension or a one-year deal anyway at Leicester. Um, Gardner's back. Paddy's played with Gardner. Tunchev's obviously fitted in with Paddy really well. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be great to have all three at the club. Do you think it's realistic? I I don't, and I I just I, only from the perspective that Leicester look like they need a defender, uh, and if this this guy has impressed us. Uh, they will they will be watching him. You know what I mean. They'll be keeping an eye on him, seeing if he's fit, and that's why he's joined us. And you know he he might be regretting <laughs> signing that one year deal with them now after playing a few games here, and you know and seeming seemingly enjoying himself. But he spent a bit of time. He's been been at Leicester for a while. Had a lot of bad injuries. Um, I I would hope 
you know, you can see if maybe if Leicester get a run together and they go up, they won't need him, and you know, and then he maybe will get him at the end of the season or something like that. But I think at the moment, I can't. I would love him to stay, uh, and and I would certainly pick him over over Gardner at the moment. Um, I'll say I think the, at least, um, yeah, at least with Gardner, he's not starting from afresh. You know, he played last season. He knows most of the players at the club and it won't be like you know you're bringing in a new player from scratch and he's got a bed in and everything he yeah, should, yeah once he's fit he should pretty much slip in to place mm. uh without too much problems yeah absolutely i'll just say thank thanks to uh ox and eagle for sending us the youtube cli- clip of the Speroni save i'll uh i'll ask live ask mikey if he can stick that on our, on the thread on Home- homesdale for us because the good thing so, about youtube video is it's perfect for radio uh, yeah it is <laughs> thank yeah you, thank you no, I'm quite happy to watch it again. It was a, an amazing moment, uh, and I say probably a key moment in that game. So thanks for that. And Aaron's also been in touch about Speroni, but I'm waiting for that email to load. So I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, okay, listen, we, we've talked about uh, Speroni. We've talked about the defence to a point, really. Uh, midfield, we, we saw Wright and Jednak playing for the, together for the first time. Um, now, Jednak, uh, well, I was calling him Jednak earlier in the season. I've now annoyed myself. Anyway. Um, the two of them are very similar players. David Wright had a, a, another fine game, breaking up play, but we had a couple of moments where um, his his ability to pass was, you know, was sort of shown up. He, I'll tell you what, actually, I don't want to go, go on too much about David Wright because we, we, he he's not the best on the ball, but this season he has put a couple of real beauties into the sort of uh, into the channels for, for the likes of Scanner and Easter to run onto as well. Are they on YouTube? He's, <laughs> they, they might be. We'll have to try and find them. But I just noticed it the other day, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, you know, he's not going to, you know, we, we need to get someone else on the ball. And I've just seen him ping a lovely pass. Wanted to make that point, but um, I want to talk about what we can expect from from Jedinak. He's he's clearly not match fit at the moment, um, but he seems to have every attribute you would want in in, in a central midfielder. Um, I, I would, saw you, would, it. You, would you play him with? Um with KG or instead of KG, if you're going to keep right in the side, um, I would I would do as I was suggesting earlier. While Klein's out, I would have him with KG. Uh, in, you know, if everyone's fit, I'd have him with KG or Marrow. Um, and I KG would have out for six weeks anyway. So yeah, yeah, and uh, and I would have right uh, uh, right back. But um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't feel I don't feel David Wright is a midfielder, and I don't think I think he does a fantastic job, and he and certainly we are where we are in in no small thanks to him because uh, he's, he's part of the part of the team but certainly Jedinak can play that role uh you know and be a bit more mobile and be a bit more you know creative if you like i think i think there's a lot to come from Jedinak. it's very early days and you, you don't quite know how people are going to settle but i think if you look at how nicky cole set, didn't really settle at the club uh and you compare you compare the two he looks like our kind of player uh, I, I think he'll do very, very well here. Um, so, um, cool. Do Do you think that um, maybe we become a bit obsessed over the last couple of years in having a defensive midfielder, and that possibly long term in KG and Jedinak we've got two real hustle and bustle midfielders who will get forward and can also put in a decent tackle as well. I think we've missed that balance. We've sort of had extremes of both. Someone who can really get forward and someone who can really sit back. But we need sort of the balance in the middle. Yeah, I, I think I think you make a, an interesting point. I think 
it's, it's the age-old debate. If you go to the national team, where we were talking a few um, a few years ago about playing Gerard and Lampard together, and one of them had to sit back. And you know, I always thought at that point, well, why don't they just take it in turns? <laughs> you know, and it's that kind of a thing. Um, we are a little bit fascinated with the idea of having someone who sits in front of the defence and and someone who who does the attacking. But you um, thinking? But we, uh, are you thinking maybe we should revert to the old-fashioned four-four-two? Like. Well, that's exactly it. I think I think when you've got, and I, this is what I think Dougie's doing. It, well, I say Dougie, the, the entire management staff are doing. The players that we we seem to be getting seem to have a bit of everything. You know what I mean? Park can play in a number of positions. Um, Jedinak can could sit deep, or he could steam forward, and you know he's got a good shot on him. He delivers a good set piece. You see. Uh, you see people like, I mean, McGiven can play centre-back and left-back, he's on loan only, but, you know, Moxie can play further forward, you've got, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, I mean, other than really Murray, who who's just an out-and-out striker, there's, the sign-ins have all been quite flexible, and I think he, I think he, that's exactly what he's looking at, you know, not having this rigid system where, you know, your opposition's going to come and go, well, that guy's doing that, that guy's doing that, and that guy's doing that. I think he's very much thinking, well, look, you know, let's just play our own game and have our own style and have everyone who's, who's comfortable with, with doing various different roles. That's mm. how it seemed to be shaping up in pre-season, and I think that, yeah, I think that's where he's going. Well, you, you, me- you mentioned Murray then, and obviously he's been out injured and hopefully he might be back. He may even get a run out tomorrow, who knows. Um, do you see... Uh uh, Easter keeping Murray out, vice versa. Once he's fit, how do you see it? Looking up front, it's got to be Scannell up front. Surely, surely he's proved himself as an out-and-out striker now, and not a winger. What do you think? Um, yes, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. He's he's pretty much got to be first name on the team sheet up front now. I think he's finally he's finally shown what he's been wanting to show for so long that um, that he he is he's kind of. I don't. I don't. I always do this. I always compare people to other people, and it's not quite right. But he's finally ready to step into the role that AJ was playing, if you like. You know, the mobile guy alongside a target man. Um, so I mean, it's you know, it's it's it's, it's hard good to, to have the option, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It's it's nice to have that flexibility, and he's obviously learned a lot playing wide. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail on that. Other than he, he's proved himself, he's proved he's a goal threat. Um, but he's still a youngster, and we can't expect him to to deliver a performance week in, week out. And he did, in all honesty, he didn't have uh, as effective a game as he's had in every game against Hull. You know, he was good, but he was. He, the defenders know now. Start of the season, they they don't know what. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
you know what to expect from him because we don't but after three absolutely storming games he was well and truly watched as was Wilf Zaha but do you think though that uh, Murray is the right partner for him as opposed to Easter yeah I do I think that's I think they linked up as one of the positives to come out of the paper game was, uh, yeah. was the way those two linked up yeah definitely um there's an interesting uh, article in the last, in the Coventry programme actually about mm. an interview with Sean Scannell and he does make mention of the fact that he thinks he works really well with Glenn Murray because Glenn Murray isn't just the sort of like how James Gocroft was um, uh, a real just hold the ball up and try and knock it back and not do it pretty effect- effectively. He yeah. will get forward as well. He gives a whole variety of options which keeps the defence guessing and and then leaves like people like Scannell to really sort of exploit those gaps. Yeah, I think that's a that's, that's a very interesting point. Um obviously they just don't yeah. Yeah, he had some real digs. No, he's um yeah, he's he's Murray's looked a good player when uh pre season, but he you know, he wasn't quite um he didn't hadn't quite bedded in and, and the injury is not gonna have helped him. So I think people have to be a bit patient, um, but I do I do see Murray as the long term partner for Sean Scannell. Um, I'm going to just quickly talk about the first half because um, <clears throat> what we had was uh, was a situation where uh, we got an early goal. I can tell you, every single person in the stand, other than the people right in front of it, thought Easter scored that, and it looks ridiculous now looking back on um, you know on the highlights. Because uh, Easter was nowhere near it, he just but he just swung the foot in exactly the way that would have connected with the ball. So we kind of saw him move, and we saw the ball in the net, you know, two and two together, and he celebrated. You know, that's he clearly wants goals, but um, but that was a strange one. But uh, it was it was one of those where we early on we were we were attacking, we were confident. Uh, we kind of carried on where we left left off against Coventry, I thought, and um, and in the first forty five minutes, I think you know. We we had the better players on our team, and, and Scannell was well marshaled, marshaled, and I thought um, I thought definitely that uh, that Zaha was being watched really closely, and it just did not have the same impact. He, you know, he was he was still decent. I thought. I mean, some people have been critical of him, but I thought he was decent. Uh, he did take an injury on that as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, we, we we did very very well, uh, and and probably the star of the show first half, and you know, considering I, I gave him a bit of grief after the, the Coventry game, was probably Jermaine Easter. He was he was extremely mobile, and and you know, Hull Hull didn't really offer much in that first half. Um, guys, if you wanna wanna chip in about the second half, really, and we we'll talk about the the fact that we you know the defending, if you like. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, did the last season the uh, our downfall was sitting back on a. On a one-goal lead, if we got it, and um, in fact, about just three weeks in, ago, <laughs> just, yeah. sitting back in general, to be honest, um, did, were we in danger of doing that? Yeah, we were. Yeah, um, you know, did we sit too deep? Did we sit too deep? Yes. Yeah, we absolutely did. Yeah, um, and it was nothing deliberate about it. Um, it, I tell you, it started in the last five minutes of the first half. If I'm not completely honest about things, um, for the last five minutes of the first half, we. We looked like we wanted the half-time whistle to come, and and to Hull sensed that, and they were, they were moving the ball. They basically started moving the ball wide and switching wings quite regularly, and, and just stretching the game because uh, they'd they'd basically they were very narrow and very direct early on, um, and a lot of possession at the back. Uh, but when they wanted to get it forward, it went forward quickly, and it went forward in the middle. 
Uh, they quickly realised that that wasn't going to happen, certainly with uh, with Wright and Chidenak in the centre there. Uh, they couldn't get through them. So they started spreading play, and we, and we started to struggle, and they did the same thing the second half. Uh, and and we didn't we had we what we did better and everyone was sort of saying it's deja vu it's going to be Peterborough all over again. What we did better this time is we we were still a threat as a, on the break and we broke probably only four or five times maybe in the second half. But on all of those occasions we worried the hell out of them. We looked really really dangerous. And and the marked difference was it was in the way that, that everyone dug in as a defensive unit uh, at Peterborough. We looked we didn't look like we could do it, but everyone looked so much better. Do you think that that's um, maybe the price you pay? I mean, technically we had six defenders out there. Um, that when when you're a bit nervous, you might resort and revert back to your your natural instinct with mm. obviously Parr and right in midfield and Jedinak lacking fitness, so he hasn't quite got the uh, the thrust to to push the team on. Yeah. As yet. And as you say, uh, Scannell and Zaha were both well marshaled through the game. I think it's a, a very fair comment. I think that it, it's those are certainly factors in it. Um, but there's there's all manner of factors. Certainly, the, the psychological impact of not having one away for so long uh, that's that's a huge factor as well. Especially as the game comes to a close, and you, you can't say the players weren't thinking about it because their celebrations at the end showed that they clearly were thinking about it. Um, and, and I think that. You're, the trouble is when you're certainly in this league, every team is competitive, right? So when you go away from home, if they're losing, they are going to come at you, and no amount of Dougie saying "Don't drop too deep" is going to stop that team from coming at you and pushing you back. But and as you say, if we've got the certain personnel in there, it means it means you might look solid, and I think that's why we won the game. But we certainly couldn't really be that much of an attacking force. I mean, we did well to do what we did. And I, one of the people, one of the unsung heroes who was only on from 87 minutes was Calvin Andrew. When when he came on, he showed what it is to be... He came on sort of what, left striker, I'd call him, sort of left, you know, uh, left of a front three kind of a role because we'd gone a bit 4-5-1. But he showed what it is to be direct and to be, you know, strong and to just... You know, accept the ball and not shirk a responsibility, not shirk responsibility, not try and pass it off quickly, just to get that ball and to carry it and to take a few challenges. You know, and yeah, talking did subs. Did you? What did you feel about uh, Dorman coming on after just uh, an hour for Zaha? Was it uh, a good move? Negative move? You know, was Zaha weary? What was the situation? Yeah, well, like I said, Zaha seemed to have taken a, a knock. I think it was to his back that he said b- before. I don't know if it was a knock or whether it's just a you know a wear and tear injury from being being a Bending young man used a lot. Yeah, I don't know about that much. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you you can imagine what the what the response was from quite a lot of people when Dorman came on. Um, there was a, a, was a it positive. Heated... <laughs> it wasn't no. It's all the Samaritan was... fans in the crowd. Well, They'll was... get up. What I will say is there was there was a heated discussion around me uh, in in my area where where one person quite rightly made the point that he you know he's come on for Palace wearing the red and blue so you support him in the game if you want to talk about him afterwards and say he's not good enough great but while he's while he's on that pitch you support the player and I think that's the right way and yeah, what I will but say, were the fans did the fans though give him stick or did they not get not, openly, him? not Sella, openly as you was, often hear people giving. You know, you can be sitting in yeah. front of behind someone who's who gives someone shit right from the moment yeah, they look, come on the pitch and they haven't even look, touched the ball. You know. All right, look, we'll, we'll get to the end of this. We're overrunning a little bit, but basically, you um, 
you don't get that away from home. You you get people muttering, and they did mutter. But Dorman came on, and he actually did a very very good job. He put plenty of tackles in, and uh, you know he got himself on the ball. Uh, and you know it, it was a difficult time. You you bring on a player who struggled, uh, and you bring him on into that situation, and it's all set up for him to fail, isn't it? It's all set up for him to make a stupid challenge and give away a free kick that they score from, or you know, or give away a penalty or misplace a pass and. None of that happened. He he came on and he did the job he was asked to do, and he did it well. So um, you know, he did he did exactly everything as well as as Wilf Zaha did. So so credit to him for that. Um, okay, brilliant. We've overrun again. We're gonna have to extend the time we plan for our for our match reviews, which is a shame. But um, just gonna pick up on a few key points before we move on. Um, I wanted to talk about the fact that obviously it's our first away win in a long, long time. But is one game enough to suggest that our poor away form is behind us? I think that's a big important no there i don't think we can we can say we've turned that much of a corner i think we've, we've got to we've got to keep this going and and you know i think what what does what the run of three wins does say and and with the injuries that we've got is that we have strength in depth of the squad that we i don't think we realized we had um you know we, we've seen the young players come in um, and we've seen the confidence grow but i just i think that was a big surprise really and um yeah i yeah, great. That was, you know, it was it was an absolutely fantastic win. I think, just just final final points really. We've talked about the um, the uh, uh, celebrations at the end. Just want to put up say something that Dougie Dougie mentioned. He said uh, we did retreat to defend the goal, but it worked for us as we sucked them in a bit. Something we've got to work on is not sitting too deep, but I think it worked for us today. So I think the uh, the the answer there is we're going to keep playing that way. Uh, if we do it right, like we did at Hull, we'll probably win a, a few more games, but. I think people are going to have to be patient in terms of of the away performances. We're not going to go to to other teams and dominate games. We're gonna we're gonna play on the break, um, and I think that's that's pretty much the end of it. So just one, we'll, we'll finish Hull there. Um, quick reminder of the, the the free tickets situation. If you come and find us at the White Horse before the Blackpool game, we'll give you a a business Hull Radio business card. It will have a number on it, and then uh, on one of the following shows. We will uh, we will read out the winning number and hand you two tickets to a Cat B game of your choice, wherever you like in the stadium, within reason. Uh, don't think it can be director's box or anything like that, but anything that's uh, that's permissible, um, we will sort out for you. Anything in view of the pitch. <laughs> anything in view of the pitch. Well, potentially in view of the pitch. Um, okay, so we'll have a quick break for news in brief, and then we'll be back in a jiffy. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Palace have pledged to give away a 1,000 tickets and support those affected by the recent riots in London, which massively affected the Croydon area. At half-time, we will be inviting the Reeves family onto the pitch, and we'll also ask for a representative from the police, ambulance and fire service to come on the pitch and receive applause from the crowd. The Reeves family have accepted the offer of an executive box for 10 people as a show of appreciation for their part in the history of Croydon. Co-owner Stephen Browett confirmed that the tickets given out so far are 250 for the police, 100 for the ambulance, and as yet unconfirmed number for the fire department, 150 to businesses and 250 to civilians affected by the riots. These seats are in the Arthur Wade stand, so it may be a nice idea for the rest of us to stand up and applaud. Over to you, Mark. Thanks, Chris. After summer waiting, Palace have announced the signing of defender Anthony Garden on a one-year contract. 
Garden made 29 appearances during its loan spell at the club last season and formed a good partnership with skipper Paddy McCarthy. Dookie Friedman told the official website, I'm always patient with any player I sign and Anthony is no different. He's a type of character for this squad and we know what he is capable of doing defensively and what he can add to our setup. We will now have an opportunity to work with Anthony on his fitness as he has not been training with us, so that is a priority and I'm looking at him being available to play uh, in about another two or three weeks, probably after the international break. Over to you, John. Cheers, Mark. Crystal Palace FC have teamed up with St Christopher's Hospice as part of the Football League's official charity partnership with national charity Help Hospices. Last season, Football League crowds topped 16 million and, and statistically half of those attending games will know someone who has been cared for by a hospice. From physiotherapy and pain relief to a listening ear and a home-cooked meal, your local hospice does whatever it can to help seriously ill people in the area you live well until they die. Hospice care is free for everyone who needs it, but it's not free to provide. This season's millions of supporters across the Football League 72 club share one goal, to champion the cause of local hospices across England and Wales. Like Football League clubs, hospices are at the heart of their communities and give local people the chance to spend quality time with their friends and family. So Christopher's Hospice said, We're really looking forward to working with all the club uh, to arrange events and collections to raise funds this season. St Christopher's is very near to Crystal Palace and many of our staff, volunteers and patients and loyal Palace fans. We're really excited about working together with the club and the local community to raise funds and awareness about our work. For more information and to register online, visit www.stchristophers.org.uk. News in Brave. Yeah, it's not okay. All right, hello and welcome back. You might have just heard him speaking there. We've got uh, John Aspinall from SeasidersPodcast.co.uk who's going to help us preview the Black Ball match. Uh, we can preview it before the Crawley match because we've already talked about Crawley about three times because of the postponing and all that business. Uh, welcome, John, to, to Homesdale Radio. Um, you're Thanks on holiday. Uh, yeah, no worries. I am, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm actually in mine, Ed Butlin's, uh, unbelievably. So, yeah. Uh, just just nipped out of the pint in the end, so. Ah, oh, good work. Glad to, glad to get away from it, to be honest. Yeah, I bet, I bet. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Have you lost some sort of a bet? To, someone's made you go to Butlin's in some way? I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's basically in a freebie. Uh, my sister... My sister needed someone to look after the kids because her husband, point blank, refused to go. Um, so my dad <laughs> stepped into the breach and uh, he's bribed me to come, so I haven't paid for it, so that's, that's the reason why. <laughs> just drink, drink yourself into a coma and just try and... That's, the, that's what I'm trying to do, yeah. yeah. Chris, okay, mate, well, look. you don't know everyone doesn't have to go by your standards, mate. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, that's a bit unfair. Anyway, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. This is like an AA meeting now, isn't it? It has come that way. Yeah. It's concerning. Anyway, John, um, sorry, the voices you heard there, we've got Mark. Say hello, Mark. Hi there, John. Welcome. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good. And we've also got uh, another John, John Burgess. Say hello, John. Good evening. Well, I said say hello. <laughs> I don't want to, Andrew. Shut your face. Yeah, fair dues. Anyway, mate, those guys will be ch- chipping in as well with a few questions, but I'm going to start on okay. your, your form from the season, really. I'm just going to go through it. You, you started the season with a um, with a 1-0 victory at, at Hull, which we've just done. Um, 
But we, we uh, scored our own. We 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 actually scored there. <laughs> and I knew this was coming. Um, yeah, well, you know, Jermaine Easter pretended to score our one. That nearly counts. Um, all right, well, look, we'll, we'll skip. We'll skip forward from that, and um, we'll go to your, your your league cup game. Obviously, we didn't we didn't get to play because some people wanted to steal some trainers. Um, but uh, you, you drew nil nil with Sheffield Wednesday. Was that a, was that a full team or was it a sort of fringe? Yeah, it was. It was basically the, the second eleven. Um, right. To be fair to Sheffield Wednesday, so, I mean, it was their second eleven, so it was a it was a game of nothing really, to be honest. But um, you know, they, they played pretty well because you obviously want your your reserves to show a bit of promise. And it was a game. I did watch it. It was on Sky. Um, it was a game we did dominate. I think we had I think it was like twenty four shots on goal. Obviously, none went in. But uh, yeah, we lost four two on penalties. But I don't even know anyone's going to lose any sleep over it but points yeah. points we did use points we actually did make on our own uh, podcast were yeah, eight nine years ago as a blackpool fan getting into the, the second third round of the carlin cup or whatever it was called back then was a big deal for us because we were always third fourth division um but th- things obviously turned full circle with our season in the premier league and we weren't really that bothered about going out to be honest but like i say in the past it was a really big deal for us getting into the second and third round because we get a big team. So, yeah. you know, funny how yes. times have changed, really. That's it. I was going to say, it's, it's, it is weird. I, you know, I can remember again, you know, to the semi-final not too long ago against Liverpool and things like that. You get some great, great games in the in the League Cup, but it's sort of lost mm. its, its appeal quite badly at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, we, we did actually, sorry, we did actually say when we played Sheffield United, it was about eight years ago, we were, eight, well, ten years ago, we were all, Buzzing by the fact that we'd drawn Sheffield United, and you know yeah. the irony being there now, a season below us. So. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yes, it's been a huge, huge turnaround for yourselves, really. Um, but you know, but well deserved playing some lovely football, really. Um, okay, we well, beat Peterborough two one. We'll gloss over that because we made a loss to them. I wanted to ask you about uh, your loss to Derby because Derby have have just stormed ahead, four wins out of four. You know, I, I'll be honest, I was expecting them to be shocking this year. Um, mm. But but how were they? They were just very well organised and they sort of ground the result out, really. They came with a, a game plan to... to not, I wouldn't say they didn't play football, per se, but they just basically came to, to stop us scoring and part of the bus. And they executed that plan quite well, to be honest, because they stifled our... Um, attacking play and we didn't really create that much to be honest which is quite rare for yeah. Blackpool over the last couple of years but you know fair play to them they, they came with a game plan and I think they came for a draw but they, they snuck the goal so they, they certainly I don't think they're the best team I've ever seen but no. they looked well organised so that's probably a fair analysis of the, okay. of the game well, the the last one, the most recent game, obviously being your uh, your two two um, draw with a certain South Southern Seaside club that we don't mention. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do believe you're rivals with them, aren't you? Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, yeah, horrible, <laughs> horrible little club. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I don't know. Did you go to the game yourself? Yeah, I didn't know. No, bit, bit far for me. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's a hell of a journey. For, yeah. I was just hoping you might have uh, taken a piece of the Amex Stadium with you. But um, okay, so I mean, obviously you, you saw the um, the fact that you equalised there in the 90th minute with uh, with you know from Kevin Phillips. Sweet moment for you, even though you weren't there. Yeah, yeah it was. It was uh, basically, I was I was stripping some wallpaper in my kitchen while I was listening to it, and we'd gone two 0 down. So that's it, game over. I, I threw yeah. my uh, stripper down onto the floor, and you know, in disgust. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, Super Kev, what can you say? He's a, he's just a lethal marksman up front, isn't he? Two, two chances, two goals, and, you know, yeah. what, what a player to sign, really. 38 yeah, as well. So, um, yeah, it was. Yeah. It, was a, it was most unexpected to get a point from that after being uh, two down and, you know, Brighton are on fire. So, it was a good result, really. Yeah, Kevin Phillips usually has a good game against us. I'm quite worried for Saturday, to be completely honest. Um, I, I mean, I'm glad he scored two against Brighton, but I'm not. Don't like the fact he's walked up now. I'm ready. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let one of uh, the other guys. I think John's gonna talk to you now. Yeah. So, so John, you, obviously you've, you've mentioned Kevin Phillips there, and maybe Sheffield Wednesday game aside, um, what other players have impressed you for Blackpool so far? I mean, you got a few still from the Premier League. Yeah. Um Another thing we have been talking about is since we've lost uh, Charlie Adam, who's obviously our main playmaker, and all the play went to him. We've, we've been looking for some other players to step up to the plate, as it were. And the one who's done that really is, is Gary Taylor Fletcher. I mean, you may have heard of him. He, he scored a few goals uh, in the Premier League last season. And he's really started to step up to the plate now. You know, he's, he's demanding the ball, and all the play seems to be going through him. And he, if you look at him, you do not think he's a footballer. So, you know, looks, <laughs> he's a, he's he looks a lad, like a pub player. Yeah, he just basically looks like a pub player, and that can probably work in his favour because if you look at him, you know, the opposite, opposing defenders will probably think that he's, he's nothing him. But he he can take the ball and he can really glide past players. And they, they say he's got happy feet. He's just very comfortable on the ball at his feet, and he can beat players. And he, he's really sort of becoming a opposing weapon for us so shouldn't really be telling you this but that's, no, that's, that's the main player you want to be luckily we're not making the team you see John. so it's, yeah. <laughs> not, not John, we know all, John we all know about pub players at Palace we've had plenty of them over the years <laughs> and we won't go down that no, road yeah, well, I'll tell you, you, I tell you um, who impressed me last season but was more of a bit part player but I think's come on this season uh, Matt Phillips he looks like a live yeah um, he's, he's a funny one to be honest um when he on his debut, I think he scored against Fulham on his on his first ever game. Come on, came on as a sub ten minutes, got the ball, blasted it in, and then we were thinking, right, we've got a real fine day. He's going to get us, you know, ten a season maybe. But that was it. That's all he scored all season. So <laughs> he's he's just come back from England under twenty one, under twenty World Cup. Not a lot of people know know even know about that, but he's come back from that. But on his day, he can be a real threat. So. You know, fingers crossed for us. Anyway, if, if he does play, is, is he worth he'll get in behind your full backs. And he, <laughs> he's well, sorry. Is he worth putting in my fantasy football team? Well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, he's, if he's one of those players right here, you uh, absolutely run out of money, and you know, maybe. <laughs> but um, just just as one more for you. There's there's this lad called um, Sutherland. I can't remember his first name. But we've basically, it's a bit of a story. He's Scottish, but he's been playing football, college football in America. He's on a scholarship. And he basically sent out his uh, skills on a DVD, and uh, Ian Holloway's wife, Kim, basically, she's seen this DVD, and she's like, hey, I, I, I have a look at this, look at this lad, he's really good. And he's, we basically signed him on the strength of DVDs, so really? he, he, this lad's got lightning pace, and he, he might come on and do something, I don't know, so that's possibly another one yeah. to watch. Is that, is that Craig Sutherland, isn't he from, from, that's the he one, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from Hibs or something like that, was that right? Uh... I'm not sure of his past history, but he's, he's basically been playing football on a scholarship in the state. Yeah. So, whether well, he, he might have played for that, you know, a youth level, I'm not really too sure, to be honest. But interesting. Thanks for to watch anyway. We'll look out for him, Mark. You were going to ask about uh, uh, Palace's start there. 
was I? All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were supposed to, but you didn't. You never yeah, well, do I what I. I... <laughs> you never, you never do what I ask you to do. That's the problem. <laughs> Go on. That's boring. Are you? Uh, you must be quite surprised that Palace have kicked on after an opening day defeat. Yeah, smooth, Mark. Nice one. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? No, sorry, I was just insulting you. Sorry, John. What Mark said was, uh, um, <laughs> what do you think about Palace's start? <laughs> uh, well, you lost at Peter, didn't you, 2-1? Um, yeah, yeah. Did and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you've won every game since. Is it? Well, yeah, 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 nine, yeah. Nine points. Yeah, you've won every game since. Um, That's right. To, so to, to be honest, Palace weren't a, a team that I thought were doing it in this season because no. uh, Neil Dams is probably a big a big loss for you. I mean, we we did have him on loan. Mm. Uh while he was at Blackburn, he was a good player then. And whenever I've seen, you know, championship goals going in, Neil Dan has always been involved. So, uh, there's, there's Darren Ambrose as well. I think does he does he play much these days? Because I don't really uh, see his name popping up much. In and out of the team, really, at the moment for right. for, for getting just keeps getting a few knocks, unfortunately. But um, right. certainly, there's a lot of um, disagreement over whether he's the same player that scored 20, 20 goals the other mm. season. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? You know, he's he's Premier League class on the ball, but uh, he's not a player who who, and he never has been a player who's involved all the time. Do you know what I mean? He's just drifting mm. out. Uh, and I think people perhaps put too much, you know, if, it, if he was a player who dominated a midfield, he wouldn't be playing for Palace. So, you know, it's, I think people put too much emphasis on that. He's always going to drift in and out of games. But, you know, he, he likes to shoot and we have, we've had a problem with that for a while. So it's always good to have him. Well, you're doing all right though this season. You know, can't yeah, start, can you? Absolutely. I think we had the same sort of opinion as yourself. We, we were stealing ourselves for um, for another season of struggle. But things are looking bright. I think we'll have a really good game with you. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm going to ask you the next question and then leave the final two to, to the boys. Um, what is the deal with Blackpool stealing all of our songs, right? Because you've got... Glad all over you nicked in 2008, and then all, all of the songs we, 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 we start singing. Admittedly, we don't originate all of these things, but they end up on your... Is there someone, right, who's employed just to see what we do and then bring it and take it up north? Are you Northern Palace? Okay, all, all I'll say to that is imitation <laughs> is the best form of flattery. <laughs> Fair dues, good answer. <laughs> um, to, no, to, and seriously, I, I don't know. To be honest, um, I don't know where it's. I don't know where the yeah, the Dave Clark Five song came from. But they've obviously thought, oh, that's that's pretty good. It's pretty original. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even know it originated from Palace. And someone said me, oh, Palace sing that. I said, oh, do they? And uh, yeah, the the other two songs we've uh, basically ripped off of you. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe we should start up a, a northern branch of the Crystal Palace Sports Club. How about that? You know, probably, that's probably all right. And we'll we'll do the same thing for Blackpool down here. Yeah, yeah okay. It's a deal. Feeder club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it. All right, John. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, I'll send you a few songs of ours and uh, see what you think. I'll email them yeah, to you. Stuff. Yeah, appreciate well, we, it. Well, we understand them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll send you some gravy down as well. <laughs> you send some, can you send some lyrics with them as Actually, well? <laughs> uh, yeah. before, I, before I let John ask you the next question, uh, it's a good point, actually. Uh, your song on your Seasiders podcast, <laughs> why, why are you singing that, uh, whoever sings that? Why are they using a uh, Bristolian accent? What's, what's going on with that? I'll, 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 I think it's just Andy, right? He's, he's uh, as northern as the, day, as the day's long. Um, 
<laughs> he's, he's just a northerner, and it must be his singing style. But I'll, I will let him know. I'll pass on this little uh, bit of information to him, and I'll let him know. He's basically in a punk band. He's in a punk band, and that must be his style of singing. But until, until you pointed it out, John, I reckon I really, he's. Got, uh, I didn't really realise it, but yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. I reckon he's got a Wurzels tribute, tribute band on the side. That's my. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Yeah, maybe he likes his corner pasty. All right. Okay, John, over to you, mate. Well, okay. Well, we, we've we've looked at your players and your strong stealing, but what do you reckon is going to be the outcome for Saturday? Who's going to win on the pitch and who's going to win in the stands? Expect a crowd of oh, I don't know, probably eight or nine hundred from Blackpool. I mean. We are quite well supported in the south because there's a lot of uh, Blackpool-based fans down south, particularly in London. Because, uh, as, as you all know, it's grim up north and there's not many job opportunities. So we do have quite a, yeah. a strong fan base down south. So there'll probably be about up to a thousand, I'd imagine. Will win, obviously. But <laughs> no, I'd say I'll go for a. Uh, I'll sit on the fence. I'll go for a one-one draw for the game. Um, and Blackpool out singing. How about that? Well, oh. <laughs> even Glad all over comes on. We can both join in. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not going to play it that day, just just to spite you. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, Mark. silence all the game. Um, so uh, you've had a pretty good start, obviously, to the season yourself. Uh, how do you? Uh, what are you, what are your sort of aspirations for the season, personally? Do you think uh, well, you're going to be up there, thereabouts? I want, obviously, want us to get promoted, but a player, I'd be very happy with a playoff place, to be honest, because it's, uh, it's a very tough, tough league this this year. Um, we do need to, we haven't got as much strength in depth as I'd like, and we, we're, we're probably the richest club in that division with all this money that we've got swilling around from the parachute payments. We didn't spend much in the Premier League, we've got mm. almost £10 million for child, and so we, we do need to buy two or three more quality signings in my opinion for us to finish in the top six so if, if it does happen if we if we get at least two more two million pound plus players in the transfer window I'd expect it to be in the top six but I can't see it's going up automatically but I'd be very happy if we were just finishing the playoffs again because we're pretty good at the playoffs in case yeah. you know so what you most say? successful uh, <laughs> club in the playoffs in the history of uh, English football that's a fact <laughs> And you still can't get your own songs. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think I think well, we, we're, we're gonna we're gonna let you go in a second, John. But obviously, thank thank you for talking to us. Is the first thing to say, really. And um, and I do genuinely, other than other than the games against ourselves, I do really uh, want to see Blackpool do well because I've got a lot of time. For them. Uh, because it's just like watching Palace uh, up north. That's all it is. Uh, so, um, great manager as well. Great manager. As well. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm probably the only one here who's not a big fan of Holloway. I just find him extremely annoying. That's about the accent again. So, um, uh, yeah. is that why you don't like? Is that why you don't like our songs? It's got a West Country accent, doesn't it? That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Holloway was singing it. Um, no, all right. Okay, listen. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, and we will catch up with you again uh, before the next game as well. Um, yeah. No, no worries. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been really good fun. Enjoy your holiday as well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Cheers, guys. Tear it, tear it up down there. <laughs> <laughs> See, you. See you, John. Bye, Bye John. See you later. Sit up, mate. Thanks. That was John Aspinall. If you want to check out his uh, podcast uh, for your, your own amusement, it is, it is a cracker. It's uh, Seasider, Seasiders Podcast. 
www.ghostbusters.co.uk. Just listen to the song at the start. You see what I'm talking about. It's crazy. Um, okay, that was fantastic. We'll talk about the uh, the Crawley game in a minute. I just want to make mention of the fact we'll pick up on the uh, a few emails uh, just before we end the show. So we haven't forgotten you, Serial Thriller and Nick and everyone else. We will come to you. Um, just to talk about the Crawley game. I don't, I'm not going to. We're not going to do a, a full preview there because we've we've gone over it a few times. Um, obviously, we're expecting to see us. Dougie said he'll he'll be using the the whole squad. So uh, Penny seemed to indicate on Twitter that he will be involved in some form. Um, I, I'd like to see, you know, John Williams, Jake Caprice at right back. I'd like to see Ibrika Sakaja. Let's see Penny up front. You know, just basically anyone who needs a bit of fitness. Hopefully Dean Moxie will come in and, and play at left back as well and, and, you know, get himself some match fitness. So I'd like to see that. But um, it's going to be a really tough game. I just want to pick up on what uh, what Crawley boss Steve Evans said. He said, um, head of the game, that they've got a few knocks uh, from their previous match, and it'll be it'll be today before they knew who would be available for for tomorrow night. And um, it's, it's a match against good championship opposition, and it will be tough. Uh, but they'll get organised and work to a game plan. Uh, he says uh, Dougie Friedman is a friend of his and another Glasgow boy. Uh, um, he's starting to get Palace playing as he wants them. Uh, he signed some real quality players, and after the one 0 win at Hull City, they'll be flying themselves. Uh, I think it'll be a very different team, as I said. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a real real tough test for us. They they rested their star striker uh, Matt Tubbs on Saturday, and still won three one. Um, you know, and, and with a young team out, we we got to be careful not to be bullied. We played them pre season, uh, drew nil nil. Uh, you know, and we had a few first teamers in there, and, and they were probably slightly the stronger side in all fairness. So, um, be an interesting one. Um, just we're going to go, I'm going to ask you boys for a couple of predictions. Actually, John, what do you reckon? Well, I've said, uh, I think I said 4-1. Palace. Palace, OK. Um, Mark, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I was looking um, beforehand, and there's definitely no Glenn Murray tomorrow, no Garvin, mm. no Gardner. Um, uh, I think it'll probably go uh, to a shootout, <laughs> ah. <laughs> personally speaking. So, 0-0, 1-1, and then a shootout, or what? Yeah, yeah 1-1 and a penalty shootout, and I wouldn't like to... Yes. Okay. Well, you're nice. going to have to say one way or the other. Right, pal- <laughs> Palace to win on penalties. Win on penalties. Okay. That's the uh, way a prediction works, Mark. Yeah, you see. <laughs> I like now, fence uh, sitting, mate. Yeah, I know you do. Don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> that when you're drunk. I go home base every day. I go with, and I'm, and I'm, I feel bad for doing it, but I think we'll lose two 0 <laughs> Yeah, and it's the appropriate <laughs> reaction. Call yourself a Palace fan. I hate you in the face, Chris. I actually do. <laughs> yeah. Good. If you want to ring up and abuse Chris on that, yeah. the number is... 8208 123 1646. Yeah. We yeah. want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homesdale.net. If, like John, you want to hate me in my face, <laughs> give us a call. Um, I'll just see him down the pub on Saturday. He's camped on his uh, shirt. Who would you want face down on the floor having just fallen out of it? Licking the pavement. <laughs> um, can I get <laughs> predictions for the Blackpool game on Saturday from you guys as well, John? Uh, oh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough one, actually. I think I don't think we're going to contain Kevin Phillips. I think two-one Palace. Hmm. Okay, Mark. This lots time, of goals, no lots of goals, no fence sitting. Three-two Palace. Two-nil odds for that or something. Good day, day, day. Two-nil, two-nil, pa- two-nil Palace. 
Dino Paris. Me. Me, yeah. <laughs> I've just gone the other I way. You, I thought you were looking up the odds or something. No, no, I wasn't. No. <laughs> okay, right, so we've done some, done some predictions there. Uh, just quick reminder, come and find us on Saturday, White Horse, um, or at the ground, if you can identify us. That's the trick there. Uh, we'll have a load of cards on us, numbered, uh, and then we'll do a draw to see you can win two free tickets to a Category B game of your choice. And, and They'll uh, be able to find me, Chris, because I'll be the one in the Palace shirt. Are you? <laughs> no, John, John, you've made a mistake there. Which Palace shirt, home or away? Uh, well, both. Well, oh, okay. just, just find a group of real <laughs> pissed lads. Um, okay, before we, uh, before right we go, um, I'm going to read an email. Uh, it was it was <laughs> it was sent early on. It was it says it's from Wilma Fingerdo. I don't think that's a real name. Mm. Um, hang really? on, that's that's the one we, we mentioned earlier um, about Speroni. Uh, he's also, the email address says from professional gentleman, which sounds worse in my opinion. Uh, he says he's working tonight, so he'd send an email early, which he did. Um, he says Speroni is a top ten Premier League keeper in his opinion, but his one criticism of him is the way he comes off his line. Uh, uh, mentions Portsmouth at home last year. Can't help thinking that when he comes like that, or when it needs his touch and we're a go da- go down. I do like his duplet entendres. Um, guys, Would is you that like a week- to explain those duplet entendres? I won't. No. Have we not got time? We haven't got time. Oh, uh, sorry. That's another just, show, is it? Just you, John. Does Baroni have a weakness in that side of things? Yeah, he does his wrists. Okay, good stuff. That'll do. No, uh, I think it's, uh, to be honest, I think it's ridiculous, Chris. Uh, you, we, at this level, you're not going to have everything. He's not going to be Edwin van der Sar. But you know what? He's pretty bloody close. He is. Um, okay, mate. You're, uh, you haven't got the document open. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you Nick Gussett's email to read out. Any second now, I'm just filling like a professional does. I'm You're just filling. to me. I don't know, Jeff, has I must have missed that. They can't. Okay, there Seamlessly, I've got that email now. Oh, weird. That's strange. Anyway, it says, Hey, up you lot. Hope, you, uh, hope you've given up with the Skype crank calls. Uh, was good to bump into Chris, who was ambling, see what I did there, to the mm. pub after the commentary <laughs> game. Clearly that was before he fell on his face. Um, when did he turn into Phil Mitchell, the voice especially? I thought he sounded like Jamie, uh, Eagle, Eagle Man 13. But anyway, no, neither of us could recall a time that we came back uh, at the death like that. What's really good is my pre-season pessimism was unwarranted. What's the most wrong you lot have ever been proved? Love, Gus was. Aww. Oh, um, what's the most wrong we've ever been proved? <laughs> that's a, that's, I don't, I don't even like the construction of the sentence. Um, I'll just answer the point on the Phil Mitchell voice. It, it, I know it sounded bad, but I had, I just had to shout. Okay, uh, it was a combination of shouting a lot at Peterborough before and after and during the game. Uh, and then and then Burnley is shouting more, and then Coventry on the Tuesday night is shouting more. You know, I've I've had to spend quite a lot of money on these vocal zone pastels to be able to do this show tonight. All right, so just leave it alone. Um, yeah. So pre-season pessimism are warranted. I think I think in terms of most wrong we've ever been proved, it's always going to be about Palace. And to be honest, it's usually the opposite thing. Um, I've I've been many a time. I've said that we would win a game that we would uh, go ahead and lose. I can't think of any specific examples, but there's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Uh, Mark, can you? Uh, you've got a, a shout out for uh, one of our presenters there. Uh, have I? 
Yeah, you uh, not... Are you talking about Anthony Gardner? I'm not, but you can do that if you want. No, we've already discussed that. He's not that. one of our presenters, is he? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean... It's it's distressing, Mark. What it I is... Am, I am. Is it afternoon to one and all? No, that's... You, you, see, you see, what 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 you've done there, Mark, is you've majorly ballsed up. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, well... There's, there's, there's no cover in that. Yeah, no. well, the trouble is, I, I put it down to um, Mikey, really, because he's a producer and he's supposed to, you know, fill me in. <laughs> but he doesn't... Uh, can I just say, Mark... Oh, I did... yeah, all right, all right, I'll do let, it. Let me... It's all right, it's from Aaron, yeah. right? Sproni is a no, legend, all no, stop. No, <laughs> no, wrong one. Let me, let, me, let me do this again. There you go, can you see it now? What document are you looking in? <laughs> You know the you know Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys! Seriously, you, those those of you listen to this every we week. Are live. We are every live. week. I have, we have to deal with this. Like we managed to keep most of it off of air, but it's just draining. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, have you right, found? What Ben? Shout out. Yeah, can you do that for us? <laughs> have we got like canned applause and like? <laughs> yeah, Mark, you're thinking. All right, can lads, you... calm down. Right. <laughs> no, one too many shandies, Sorry. Sorry. You? one too many shandies. You're on your face on the, you know, in the gutter last week, Chris. You know, it's you, true. You got I to ap- shout about. I, I, you, John, calm down. I, I apologise for your attitude. <laughs> um, off you go, Mark. Ben, shout out, dear Homesdale Radio. I'm writing to your radio show to request a shout out as I'm your biggest fan and I tune in every week, mostly because I have to. Yes. It would make me my hour if you could give me a little message as I've been missing you greatly over the past month while I've been away. Thank you so much. You know who. Yeah, it was Ben. Ben <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish things by reading out Serial Thriller's email. I never read it first, uh, and it's always a mistake. So let's see how this goes. Afternoon to one and all. Now, stay with me on this one. It may seem a little bit, a little off topic. Mm, you don't say. As Nick Gussett quite correctly pointed out last this, this, uh, as Nick Gussett quite correctly pointed out last week, the squad at the moment is at a new <laughs> time high in terms of attractiveness. Mm. Personally, Johnny Parr and Lee Hills do it for me, but only uh, only yesterday, rather horrifying thought availed itself to me. Our team looks good, and we're playing Brighton for the first time in six years. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Now, I don't like to go down the old homophobic route, but do you think that the Duke has played a blinder, brought in players likely to put off our East Sussex chums, and simply prance our way to victory at the Amex Stadium? It's a, it's a very good question. I'm not going to dignify it with an answer. Uh, and to finish, King Vagabond has asked whether Aston Eagle, uh, I think he means Aston Davy, would make a good camp tiger. I don't know what that means. And Lewis Amigo has started talking in graphic detail about doing things to Claude Davis with a, with a, with a what? Oh my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> what an email. What an email to end with. Jesus. <laughs> Guys, any thoughts? No, I don't think so. Yeah, we're really scraping the barrel when it comes to listeners at the moment. Jesus. This is <laughs> massive, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, look, thank you to everyone who has listened, uh, even those of you who disturbed us with your disgusting emails. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed everything there. I've, uh, I've enjoyed presenting today I'm with my chums, Mark and John. They were both excellent. Not from Mark when he messed up at the end there. Disappointing. Oh, well, I, I blame Mark for the but anyway... Yeah. I'll have a anyway, word with him I, afterwards. I will be at the, uh, the Crawley game tomorrow and we'll all be at the, uh, the game. So will I. See you in right. the pub. Yeah, we'll see you in the pub. Chris, face down. 
on my face. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys Saturday. Come and find us. Get yourself a ticket to win the uh, to a card to win the two tickets, to be precise. Cheerio now. Goodbye. Very cool. On Tuesday night, as a result of the not-so-civil disturbance in London, Palace's Carling Cup tie against Crawley Town was postponed at the request of the police. The tie will now be played on Tuesday the 23rd of August, kick-off at 7.30pm. All tickets purchased for the original date will be valid for the rearranged fixture. Everyone at Whole Radio would like to say a big fuck you to all those people whose selfish actions meant many people have been left homeless, injured, without a business, or even dead, let alone without a football match to watch. We hope all our listeners and their friends and family got through these events safely, and extend our deepest sympathies to those who have been affected. Mark, over to you. Thanks, Chris. Palace have had two further call-ups to international squads this week. Douglas Wright has been called up to the Scotland Youth Squad, and... Has your brain just shut down, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Mark? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> That's actually really good. Great. <laughs> do, do you want to start getting scratches? Try it down on. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.